Will you please thank God for our worship team and, woo, okay, wonderful. It's great to see our church growing, our leaders, new emerging leaders, pastors and teachers and young worship leaders uh, among us. Uh, it's so good to see that. And what a talented bunch of people we have here, huh? God loves Mexicans. And good looking, too, starting with the pastor, you know. Okay, well, uh, we want to welcome all of you. My name is Fernando Castillo, lead pastor here at New Hope Diamond Head. And we are doing a series uh, titled The Fear of the Lord. Pastor John Bevere, Uncle John Bevere, was last week here with us. And he taught us, I want to just go to the, straight to the, to the first uh, slide. This is what he taught us last week. First slide, that the fear of the Lord is not to be scared of God. Because that's where many of us, we get to hang out, right? The fear of the Lord has nothing to do with being scared of God, to fear God is, I love this, is to venerate him, to honor him, respect him, esteem him, value him, reverence him, and to, everybody say this part, stand in awe of him. More than anything or anyone else. I love that part, standing in awe. Many people don't understand what standing in awe is all about. And I want us to uh, understand what that means. What does that mean that we sing in church and we're talking in church about standing in awe? Well, the best part, or the best way that I have to explain it is, you can make a parallel with being smitten. Have you been smitten <laughs> before? I remember with my wife, it happened to me several times, actually, all this. All this. But when I met my wife, I was 15 years old. She was 10 years old, okay? And I was smitten by her, okay? She was a little girl, okay? And so... So uh, that's how I met her. I mean, our parents were really close friends, and her friends were starting a church in my house, and my parents, her parents became very, very close friends. So we were doing uh, all kinds of family things together, barbecues and parties together, church together. She was like my little sister all the time. Now, then she moved out of town when she was around 13, and our families kept close contact uh, with uh, conversations, Christmas cards, every time that we had a chance to see each other, we did. So the family kept in contact, but she's always my little sister. Now, when I moved to the U.S., when I was 24 years old, she's 19 years old, and I saw her for the first time. I received her by slipping, and I'm like, oh, man, she's not my sister anymore. No way. And uh, I can t- I was I can tell you I was in awe of everything about her. And uh, we started dating, and the more I got to know her, the more I was in awe of who this person was. I remember that night when we got engaged, I was in awe of her. On our wedding day, oh my goodness, I was in awe of her beauty and everything and what that gift and God was giving me. I was in awe the next morning after the honeymoon when she woke up next to me without any makeup. I was in awe. I'm still in awe. All these years, I remember when she first got pregnant, all those nine months watching her, uh, developing in her body, and I was in awe. The day that then, then my son da- Daniel was born, I was in awe of her, and it happened the same thing when she was pregnant with our second one. For more than now, 15 years, I've been in awe of this wonderful lady every single day. And this week, as I was sick as a dog with the flu, the way that, they, the way that she took care of me, was amazing. I was in awe. Well, she's also with the flu. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I was in awe. I mean, smitten. Like never before. A high sense of awe 
for who she is. Now, those of you that are married, you know this, that sense of awe can get easily lost, right? See, the reason why many marriages deteriorate is because they lose that sense of awe for one another. See, the other person who used to have this kind of special place becomes just another common acquaintance. That relationship becomes normal. And that sense of awe is gone. The level of respect starts to decrease. And the sense of reverence for one another disappears. And instead, instead of feeling in awe, we started to feel awful about our relationship. Very different. Now, listen, the very same thing can happen in our relationship with God. Exactly the same thing, you see. And that, if that happens, that will certainly define if we fear God or not. And this is very, very important to understand. To understand what the fear of the Lord is. That part of standing in awe of him. You see to fear the Lord is to be in such in awe of his presence. Is we're, in this, we're in the presence of the eternal almighty God. The creator of the universe. The holy lawgiver. The righteous judge. And the loving and merciful savior. We are in such an awe that we have this genuine desire to honor him. To respect him. To give him everything. All the time because we are terrified of the consequences in our life if we end up walking away from him. That's the fear of the Lord. We respect God so much that we listen to his instructions and we follow them. Because we don't want to stay away from him. That's having the fear of the Lord. So today I, what I want us to do is ask ourselves how. How is that level of respect? How is that level of reverence? How is that sense of awe in the presence of God? In our, in our own relationship with God. It is so high that causes you to constantly change your lifestyle and challenge the things that you want. Because you don't want to do anything that will damage your relationship with Him. Or maybe you kind of believe in God. But you kind of live according to your own ways. Not according to God's ways. And you don't really kind of care. You see, the Apostle Paul actually addresses that. And that's the passage that I want us to start with today. We're going to take a look here in 2 Timothy 3, chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. And this is amazing what he writes. He pretty much describes the world that he sees in the end of days. And, and it's a good way to see if we're kind of there. So let me, let me just start reading verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves. Hmm. Check. Lovers of money. Hmm. Check. Boastful. Proud. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. Unholy. Without love. Unforgiving. Slanderous. Without self-control. Brutal. Not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Sounds like you're just reading the newspaper today, right? But I love this part that says here, and I highlighted, and I, I, I really put it even in red here in, in, in the screen. Having a form of godliness. What? Yeah, they have a form of godliness, but denying its power. What, what Paul is saying here, then, there's people that then kind of believe in God. They have a form of godliness. They kind of believe in God, 
but they don't really understand what fearing God is all about. See, they says here that they love pleasure more than they love God. They're, they're selfish. In, in fact, many people in America today, they will totally say, yeah, I believe in God. Oh, I believe in God, but I want to do whatever I want to do. That's what most people in America will say. I believe in God, but I want to do whatever the heck I want to do. Because I want enough of God to get me out of hell, but, but I want enough of God to get me into heaven. But you see, I don't want so much of God that causes me to change the, my lifestyle because I believe in God, but honestly, I don't really fear him. That's what many people will honestly say. I believe in God, but I don't really fear him. That's what I called practical atheism. Practical atheist. There's many of them. In fact, let me just show you a definition of what I believe a practical atheist is all about. Okay, practical atheist, write this down. is someone who believes in God, but lives as if he doesn't exist. <laughs> practical atheist. Believes in God, but lives as if he doesn't exist. Now, what does that mean? Well, let me explain you uh, what, what it means in this way. How many of you, you would say you love buffet lines in restaurants? Buffet lines, lovers, let me see. Come on, on nobody, only, only the honest people are on this side. Okay, come honest people. Okay. Oh, yeah, we love buffet. We love buffet lines. Why is that? Well, because you can go and walk around and get whatever you want, right? And you don't have to get the stuff that you don't want, right? So you've got a big plate, and you have two, three plates, and some of you, and then you say, okay, here we go. Oh, oh I like this, a fruit salad, please, here, some veggies, but no green beans, no green beans, no broccoli, Ugh, no broccoli, no way. Give me the chicken, give me the fish, the steak, glory to God in heaven on high. Yeah, give me the steak and all that, and, and you make your whatever, because you don't, you, you put whatever you want, but you leave aside what you don't want, and if you get to the dessert, you have a special plate for desserts, and if you're close to God, Man, you will get the warm malasadas with hopia banana cream pie with whipped cream. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyway, I'm getting distracted here. In a buffet line, you get to go through and you get to pick and choose what you want easily. That's exactly what many people do with God today. That's how they live their lives. We have a generation who believe in God, but have a little fear for the Lord because they practice buffet line Christianity. So they start, oh, I'll take a little bit of the grace of God. Oh, yeah, I want a lot of the grace. Oh, but no judgment. Oh, no, 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 don't judge me. No, 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 no. Oh, I'll take this verse here that says, God blesses me. Oh, a double portion of the blessing of God. Oh, yeah, I want that. But not that verse that says that I need to be generous. Oh, no way. No, 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 no. Because I believe in God. But giving a tithe, no way. Oh, you're crazy if you do that kind of stuff. No way. No way. I believe in God. But I'm not going to stop partying and sleeping with my girlfriend. No way, Jose. That's too good. I'm not going to give it away. I believe in God, but I'm not going to uh, drink with whatever, deal with all my addictions because kind of like him kind of sometimes. He's kind of cool. And, and uh, you know, I believe in God, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to forgive those people that hurt me so bad because they just deserve just to not be forgiven. And I believe in God, but I won't serve him. And I won't serve other people because, you see, I got more important things to do with my time and my energy. I believe in God, but, you see, buffet Christianity. Many people believe in God, 
but do not fear him. These are practical atheists who continue testing the patience of a holy God, picking and choosing what is convenient for them, making their own version of God and thinking that it's not a big deal because they think, oh, you know, God is God is, is a guy upstairs. He's, he's like, we're like this, man. We're like, God is my buddy, man. He's like this, like this, 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 this. You see, they don't have respect for the living God. They don't honor him. They don't revere him. They do not fear the Lord. Now, don't be tempted to think right now, oh, I wish so-and-so was here because they need to hear this message. No, 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 no. This message is for you. In fact, tell the person next to you, this message is for me. Go tell them right now, this message is for me. That's right. Because I've been praying all this week while I was on bed. Then God will reveal those areas in our lives, in each one of our lives, when we kind of play games with the Lord. Those areas when we can be very practical atheists. And if you find areas in your life today where you realize, man, I'm not fearing God here and there. But you want to change. And you want to stand in awe of the presence and the presence of the living God at all times. To the point that you say, Lord, I will stay away from anything. I will stay away from anything. Then will disrupt my relationship with you. If that's you, I have good news for you. I believe God is going to do great things today in our lives. And this is the answer to practical atheism. Write this down. It's so important. It's so simple, but it's so important. Make a daily commitment to know God intimately. Write that down. Make a daily commitment to know God intimately. It's a daily thing. It's a journey. It's a lifestyle to know God intimately. Okay? Get to know him intimately in a personal level now i understand that for some of us the thought of of knowing god in a personal way relationally is kind of hard to swallow so i'm going to try today to break it down and what i want to do is to show you three different levels and my hope is then then you today you will honestly admit one of these three levels you kind of you kind of are in right now in your life and my hope is that you will be encouraged to go to the level that you're supposed to be okay for some of you you're going to experience something painful but god is so good he is going not to condemn you but encourage you to go to the level that you're supposed to be so in that honesty i believe god can do amazing things because he doesn't just want you to believe in him he wants you to know him in intimately okay so let's break it down in three levels the first level is this you see it's the people that believe in god but they don't know him Okay, people that believe in God, but they don't know him. That's what we're talking about, some practical atheists. Believing in God, I'll tell you this, according to the scripture, is not simple enough. It's not enough. You see, the, the Bible tells us that the demons believe in God. And the Bible says that demons tremble. <laughs> I know many Christians that believe in God, they don't even tremble in the presence of the Lord. See, today, we have a lot of people who are what I call cultural Christians, right? These people then probably were raised in the church. They inherited the, 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 the religion of their parents and the traditions of their family. And then going to church on Sundays is the thing to do. And, and, and you know, you, you just bless the kids and, yeah, and you do all those things and, and they do good things. And, and, and so many people would say this, I believe in God. But you see, when... In their actions, their lifestyle, their disobedience to God, they show them they don't really know who God is. 
They can quote Bible verses. They can know all the Bible stories. But you see, they have a head knowledge of who God is, but they don't have a heart relationship with God. They know about God right here, but they don't know him right here intimately when it really matters. Some of you today, you will admit, you know what? Yeah, I, 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 I kind of believe in God. I believe in God, but yeah, he's not the leading or driving force in everything that I do in my life. You will admit today that, you know what, there is no intimacy and real relationship with God. And if that's you, I will encourage you today, you acknowledge it today, and you believe that the Holy Spirit of the living God is here today to transform your life. So you have an opportunity once again to stand in awe of the awesome presence of God. Some believe, number two, some believe in God and know him. But they don't know him very well. That's the second level. First level, some people just believe in God, but they don't know him at all. Second level, they know a little bit, but they don't know him that well. Okay, let me give you an example how that, how that looks like. Okay, how many of you, you will know who Shakira is? How many of you will know who Shakira is? Let me see your hands. Okay, some half of you. Okay. For the other half, you know, Shakira is a very well-known, famous entertainer. She happened to be Colombian like me. She happened to have the same age like me. So she, you hear the reports, and she's like 35, mm -mm, 41. She's the same age as me, and I'll tell you why. Because it happened before she became very, very famous. She was a really talented young artist, local artist in Colombia. And it was my same age. And it was a time where she was already doing some things on TV. And she was wanted to start a career. And she was looking for uh, a band of musicians to start her touring around the country. So my friend who worked in the music industry told me, hey, there's going to be some auditions. You should go. It would be fun. And I said, yeah, that would be cool. I've never been in audition, so let's do it. So I was, I remember, I was 18 years old. And I showed up in this thing. And there's Shakira with her guitar and no shoes on. And she's playing her songs. And I pick up the guitar bass and start going, and I'm doing the audition. And she goes right on the spot and says, man, you're good. Man, you're good. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> and we're playing and we're playing. And she goes, man, you need to go. You need to stop whatever you're doing. You need to go on a, on a tour with me. And I looked at her and said, you look, I just started architecture school. I just came to do this audition just for, to have fun. And I got to get to know this girl that probably is going to be very famous one day. I shake hands with her. We have a conversation. And then I said, you know what? Uh, uh, I appreciate you inviting me to do this. But I just very nicely declined her offer. She asked me why. And, and I had a brief moment with her to share her about my relationship with God. She was kind of interested in God. So I invited her to church. So the next Sunday she came to church and she gave her heart to Jesus. Okay, all that story was true until the end, okay? It was, it was <laughs> all the way until I said no, okay? No, but it would be a cool ending, right? If you'd be like, oh, yeah, Shakira. Okay, that part is not true, okay? Now, the truth is, yes, she, I met her. I did an audition. She invited me to do it in this band. She was disappointed, but she never went to church, okay? The truth is, I got to know Shakira. But if you ask her about me, that thing happened 22 years ago. She'd probably say, who? <laughs> who? I met her. I shake hands with her. I know a bunch of stuff about her, but I do not know her very well. 
You see, in, in the same way, there are many people who know God, but they don't know him that well. You see, you, maybe you had an experience with him. Maybe you prayed and, and asked God to do something in your life, and you kind of have the basic understanding. And, and maybe there was a time where you just really sort of kind of like felt like close to God, but you really don't know him that well. He is not leading and driving every part of your life. You kind of give him certain things and you kind of, but not this, not this, not this. You've been informed about God, but you haven't been transformed by God. You know God like I know Shaquille. <laughs> you know him, but you don't know him that well. See, there are those who believe in God and you kind of sort of know him. But you don't know him that well. There's many of you that today you will admit, you know what, uh, uh, that I think that describes me. I kind of know God. I kind of believe in him, know some things, but I don't really know him that well. If that's you, today you're going to have an opportunity to say, Lord, this is me, and I want to know more of you. You're going to have an opportunity to stand in awe before the presence of the living God. Now, there's a third group of people. And I pray, and this is going to be my prayer for all this year about our church. This is where the place that I pray everybody to be at this point. Number three, write this down. Some people know him intimately and remain in awe of his presence. Some people just continue getting to know him. It's a, con it's a relationship daily, constantly. And they remain in awe every single day. Every single day. Wow. God. You're awesome. Always standing in awe in the presence of God. Growing in the fear of the Lord. Now what does it mean to know God intimately and to stand in awe in his presence? Well, what it means for me is that I'm becoming more and more aware of his presence. I know that everywhere I go, he's going with me. And, and I don't, that thought never leaves me. So if I'm going and driving and there's some crazy lady right next to me and start like, I'm going to go, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I know that my God is right next to me. You see, when, 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 when I'm increasingly aware of his presence and then he's always provided for every single need, of his power and his peace. You see, it's not like God is right there and I am right here. And every now and then I'm kind of like, hey, God, you know, hoo -hoo, I'm here. Can you? No, never. No. When I know that I'm aware, I'm always with him. When I'm struggling, when I'm, when I'm afraid of things. When I'm, uh, when I'm uncomfortable with things, when I'm in pain, when I think, man, when I was sick this week, I know he was right there next to me and my kids and my wife taking care of us. Because there's this a, a sense of awareness. We have, it's, it's not like I talk to him once a day, but no, it's an, my entire day since the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed. It's an ongoing conversation with God all day long. I go through life with God at my side at all times. At, at all times, God speaks, and somehow my spirit is connected to his spirit, and I can hear his voice, and there's this awareness. And, and, and as the day goes on, God is orchestrating everything around me. And there are times when, when I'm about to say the wrong things, and God says, no, 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 don't say that. Oh, oh, you're right, because he's right next to me. And there are times when even though he does that, I ignore him, and I go and do the wrong stuff, but he's right there with me to say, it's time to repent. Repent, turn to God again, 
don't do this again. And I'm there, oh, yes, you're, you're absolutely right. How could I do that? And I go back, go back before the presence of the Lord, and I stand in awe of his glory and his praise every single day. That's what the Bible talks about of having a relationship with God. It's an ongoing, daily, 24-7 awareness then you're not alone in this world, but then the power of the almighty presence of God is right there with you always. And believe me, when you have that awareness, the sense of awe in you and about God is going to grow and the fear of the Lord is going to be there waiting for you, growing in your own mind. So get to know God intimately. That's how it looks like. Now, I love this psalm. Psalm 9, verse 10 says this, those who know your name will trust in you. Don't you love that? Those who know your name will trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Some people go God by name. Isn't that amazing? And in fact, I will tell you this. Whatever name you use to address God will disclose the kind of relationship you have with him. Whatever name you use to call on God will determine if your relationship with God is this shallow or if it's really deep. Okay? Let me, let me explain that for a minute, okay? Depending on how uh, you call me will reveal the, 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 if you know me or not, right? If my phone rings and then I answer and there's the other side, uh, hello, Mr. Castillo, Castillo uh, uh, hello, I know, hey, you don't know me at all, Okay? Now, if I go to a restaurant and then there's a lady there and you tell me, hey, Mr. Castillo, table for two. Kind of you know me, you probably shake your hand, but you don't really know me that well, right? Now, some of you, you, you would probably say, hey, I know him, he's Pastor Fernando. Oh, okay, you call me that name? Well, chances are that you actually might know a little bit more about me. At least you know what I do for a living. I'm a pastor. Maybe you've heard and what I say. You say, oh, he's good looking. Yeah, I know that. You know, I've said that before, but, but and you have some knowledge of me because the name that you call me reveals a kind of some level of knowledge of me. And that, lay, that name reveals the depth of what you know about me. Now, if you call me Fernando, that means something different because that's how my friends call me. They call me Fernando. That's how they go and say, hey, now, if you call me Fernie or Fern, you're not my friend. Or junior. Don't call me those things, okay? If you call me Fercho, oh my goodness, that means we have history together. I mean, you and I, we go back 22 years ago, and there are stories, and you know my stories, and there are stories that you cannot tell anybody because I will kill you because we're so close, and there's a long-term intimacy. Hey, but there's some other people that call me some other names. I have two guys that are this tall, then, man, they crawl on my lap, and they just hang on my neck, and we wrestle. They call me daddy, and they know me that way, and they know something that none of you will know. And there is one lady that calls me another name, Ferchito Papito Rico. <laughs> and I will not tell you what that means. That's an entire different message, but she's the only one. Why? Listen, because the name reveals the level of intimacy. You got that? Think about how you address God. Think of your own, your own relationship with him. Who is he for you? 
There are those, and today you would say when you pray, you call him your healer because he has healed you. Oh, this week I prayed to my healer and prayed for him. Doctor, just pray. And I didn't have any. There are some of you who call him comforter because you know him on that level. Some of you, you call him your rock, your fortress, your strength. There are some of you ladies that you call him your husband because that man left a long time ago. Some of us, we call him our heavenly father because he defined what true fatherhood is all about. Some of us, we just call him our guide and our provider because we've been lost and we've been we in, in, in need and he, he has come into our rescue. Those of you that you are aware of your sinfulness, those of you that you know how sinful you are, when you call him, you call him, you are my savior. You know that. There's some of you, you call him my master because you are so determined to obey every single word that comes out of the Bible. Some of you, you call him king of kings. Some of you, you call him lord of lords. You see, the name that you refer to him determines the level of relationship that you have. And think about how you address God. How do you address God? Some of you today, you're going to discover, I, I want to grow in intimacy with God. I want to have that relationship. I want to stand in awe. I don't want to, maybe you would say, there was a time when I used to be in awe of things of God, but that's gone. No, it could happen. How can you restore that sense of awe in the presence of God? You know what? That's the easiest part. The Bible tells us very clearly how you restore that. The scripture tells us if you seek him, you will find him. Over and over and over again. That's what the Bible says. You seek me, you will find me. You see every single day. When the moment that you wake up, Lord, you start, you start the conversation. And it's going to go all the way through the day until you go to bed. You, start, you seek him, you will find him. When you're hungry, he will feed you. When you're thirsty, he will give you something to drink. If you seek him, you will find him. Because he longs to reveal himself to you. He doesn't just want you to believe in him. He wants you to know him intimately. Then when he comes to you every single day, you'll be like, oh my God. You stand in awe of the amazing love and grace and power of the living God. And you never let that emotion, that sense, that feeling go away. That's how you will grow more and more in the fear of the Lord. Get to know God intimately. Amen. Now, today, what we're going to do is we're going to have communion. And, and I think it's a perfect time to have communion today. We're going to come to the Lord's table. And as our team prepares, I just want to share with you. This is how uh, I want to share with you in, in, in the screen. The verse that I'm using to pray for people in our church. It's based in Ephesians chapter 1. A couple of verses and Paul prays for people. And he says this. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. In the Greek is that you keep knowing him and 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 you don't stop knowing who God is. And the next verse says this. I pray also that the eyes of your hearts 
they be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That's what I've been praying for you. And I've been praying of all this year and I will continue praying and we will get to know more, more, more who we serve. And we will always stay in awe. No matter how old you get in the Lord, you'll always have this sense of awe in the presence of the, of the living God. Now, this is how we do communion in our church. If you're new to us today, uh, the ushers are going to pass the elements in a tray, uh, a cup with, with, with some um, grape juice and a, and a little piece of bread. Grab one of each. And don't eat them right away, okay? Just keep them in your hands. Pass the tray to the next person. Because at the end, we're going to all do this together, okay? So uh, Imoa is going to be here. She's going to lead us in a song. As she leads us in a song, I want you to, to pray, okay? Seek the Lord with all your heart. Think about your relationship with him. Think about the name that you normally use to address him. And ask the Lord to increase, to increase the level of, of intimacy than, than, than you have with him. Amen. The ushers.